0: Coming at you live. (laughs) Welcome back.
1: Welcome. It's finding new films with a new face. Hi, I'm Trevor. It's Trevor. I'm Hunter, like from the last three times. Uh, I will
0: not change. That seat will. But I have immense body dysmorphia. (laughs) So I go through a lot of changes. It's still me, but I go by different names. I have different face, different hair. You know. Do what you can. Do what you can. Yeah.
1: You just got to live with it, right? Uh, Roll with the punches. Yeah. Roll what are we talking
0: about punches. today? We're talking about Clerks. And that was the movie that you picked. I did pick it. I'd never seen it before. I hear all the lines all the time. And I was like, well, I got to watch it. It sounds funny. And uh, I, I wasn't wrong. Yeah, you were not wrong. It's It was a very funny movie. And very
1: well written. Um, this movie is script. just the never stops. And... Um, When I told my dad, actually, that we were doing this, he loves this movie, or I don't know, I don't want to say love, but he really liked this movie, and he was saying that this is probably one of the only movies, one of the few movies that, uh, like, really
0: outperforms or outrights the acting of the movie. Yeah, I, I mean, the dialogue is just, like, so, I guess... I don't know a better word to use than thick. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, you have to... I rewound scenes to, like, listen again because it's like you miss a lot if yeah. you just, you know, not really paying attention. Um, if you, like, get lost on one line and you just don't even catch the next joke right after that. Right. And then you might miss the callback to it later. in the yeah. movie. It's the only movie I've ever seen with such good callbacks. Yeah. It's like a whole series packed into one hour and a half runtime. It's yeah. really amazing.
1: I really love it. Scenes of, a like, scenes of life type of movie, but through the lens of, like, I mean, this is probably because we've, been like, lived this, is like, we know what scenes of life of a uh, gas station clerk is. Yep, yep. Um, so, from that perspective, it was, like,
0: damn, this is, <laughs> this this is, is pretty, pretty real. Pretty I, got, I mean, even it. though it's from 1994, and we were only clerks, you know, in the late 2010s, it's super relatable um everything is the same i mean shitty customers annoying customers just like all the the minutiae of a dead-end job is all clearly represented in the movie the fucking egg guy <laughs> oh my god i never
1: had anything that crazy but i did have people that had like really weird superstitions
0: about like the way a bottle looked or something oh yeah if there's a little dent in the bottle they're like can i get a discount on that yeah, you know no, I, no. no, fuck off! I'm definitely more of a Randall attitude <laughs> <Yeah>. than, <laughs> yeah, than Dante. I'm yeah. not that nice.
1: No, I, I would never be able to live like Dante. That it was really sad to watch how he crumbled to like actual authority, but anybody he
0: felt like he had authority over, or like he immediately yeah. took that power yeah. into his hand. Yeah, but um, what do we, what do we know about this movie? Who made it?
1: Yeah. So we're going to read the credits now. Um, so this movie was 92 minutes long, uh, very nicely packed. I thought mm-hmm. it was really well directed and had a really good yeah, pace. Uh, it flew by. Yeah. I didn't realize it was that short. Yeah, I was watching it casually while my roommates were having a conversation in the kitchen, and I just had the subtitles on. But it it moved so fast that you really don't even notice. Um but nevertheless, uh, written and directed by Kevin Smith, very obviously, and then the score was done by Benji Gordon. Um, in the credits, it, the E was left off the end of his name, um, <laughs> just because I I don't know, maybe they didn't meet. Uh, but the cinematography was done by David Klein, and then the movie's cast is filled out by Brian O'Halloran, uh, Jeff Anderson, Marion Gigliotti. Uh, Lisa Spoonhour, Kevin Smith, Jason Mewes, Scott Mosier, Walter Flanagan, and David Klein. Um, Those last three guys play at least four characters in the movie.
0: Yeah, not because uh, they were supposed to, but because, uh, according to Kevin Smith, the actors who were supposed to play those roles simply didn't show up. I mean, this is a super low-budget film made in New Jersey. Uh, it was filmed in the actual convenience store and video store that Kevin Smith worked in at the time from 10.30 to 5 in the morning. So if no one showed up, he just grabbed the nearest guy that he knew. And was like, hey, can you act? <laughs> and that's kind of evident yeah. you know, in a lot of the movie, but it really doesn't take away from it that much because yeah. the, it's so well written. And because a lot of these characters are based on people that Kevin Smith knew, it's like really true to who they are. They don't have to act that hard. Right. Um, so honestly it worked out great for him yeah he
1: I mean navigated I mean with all of this um, hindsight that we're able to have uh, he really navigated making this movie in a crazy way that just nobody makes movies like that really
0: even anymore yeah um, it's just slightly well, he went and the budget for the film was $27,575. He got those funds from borrowing money from his parents, getting loans from friends. He sold off a large portion of his comic book collection, and he also maxed out, I think it said, eight credit cards. Um <laughs> So he basically was throwing everything, like he was throwing everything he had at it, and he knew that if this movie did not work out, if it didn't get picked up by a distributor, if people weren't gonna go see it, if it didn't get, you know, into a festival, he was screwed. And he was gonna be working at those stores for the rest of his life. So it was a big risk. And he really knocked it out of the park. I mean shoot, what was that? Oh. <laughs> he was getting one hour of sleep a night. While filming, because he had to work at the store all day, yeah, and then close, and then yeah. film. And he was directing, he was writing on the fly, and he was acting also as yeah. Silent Bob in the film. So he was just yeah. fully torqued. <laughs> yeah, I can't even imagine that. That sounds
1: like hell. I mean, great, because it worked out for him. But, I mean, that
0: very easily... Could have been a disaster story for Kevin Smith, but look at where he is now. Yeah, two Maybe. more Clerks movies, several Jay and Silent Bob spin offs, which I have not seen any of those. Yeah. But after the fantastic impression of Clerks, I'm gonna be checking them out because if not, you know, for like the writing, which just really drew me in, I mean, it all felt so legit for lack oh, yeah. of a better word i mean it felt really it sounded natural. like stuff that i would say when i was in yeah. the store and when you know someone would walk out and i'd be like oh fuck yourself <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's just how you act, that's how you act i mean you get this kind of it's a war of attrition between you and the customer and slowly but surely they wear you down you try to be nice try to be sweet and understanding and then they just bother you, they badger you, and you lose it. And you close the store and you go play hockey on the roof. Yeah, I mean, you do what you have to do. I mean, we were saying that right off the, gun, right
1: off the jump, you know. it's You just roll with the punches. <laughs> <laughs> roll with the punches.
0: Roll with on. the pun- like the hockey punches, like the, the fight. That was such a great scene. I, I really was fooled into thinking, like, oh, he's going to kick this guy's ass, and then he just got rocked, and the guy threw... He slapped the ball away.
1: That's so funny. I loved that scene a lot. Um, yeah, I don't know. I wish I had done something like that. I wish I would have, you know, been a
0: little bit more. Yeah, well, what led to me quitting my job at the store was, I mean... I I never was as rude as uh, Randall's character was to his video store customers, but I worked at a convenience store very similar to Dante's. It was all regulars. I knew everybody who was coming in. And they just started to pick like push my buttons. And there were a few people that I literally lost my shit on. And I was like, huh, I'm going to get shot <laughs> if I keep doing this. So I had to quit. Uh, which is ironic considering the alternate ending <laughs> of mm-hmm. Clerks, which was Dante getting shot. Yeah. If anybody didn't know that, um, Kevin Smith had to be persuaded to remove that ending and leave it on a more lighthearted note where it's like, okay, he's going to try to make some changes, which I thought was much nicer yeah. be- because I grew to like Dante a lot. and I really loved Randall. And I was more thinking like, man, how sad would Randall be if Dante died? Yeah. And I think that, you know, I kind of re- I relate to it because I had quit my shitty gas station job, and you know, I'm not doing amazing now. I'm not Kevin Smith <laughs> directing movies and writing for movies, uh, but I'm doing a lot better, and I don't hate myself. I'm not. I think one of the big themes of this movie was dissatisfaction and complacency. Yeah. Just and, and you see it over and over again. He's like, I'm not even supposed to be here today. <laughs> Yeah. Repeatedly, yeah, and it was just like, well, you had. Then Randall calls him out right at the end of the movie. It's like you had a choice. Yeah, you know, you could have just not been here. Yeah, you,
1: but you chose. Everything
0: terrible that happened to Dante throughout the movie was because he didn't say "fuck off." Yeah. I'm not supposed to work today. Right. That's all he had to do. Yeah, and then oh my god, I love the, uh, I love like oh you know,
1: the boss isn't coming. He's in New Jersey. He'll be, he'll be he went to Vermont. He'll be back in like
0: three days. No, he had, and then on the phone, he immediately apologizes after freaking out. And Randall, again, like the voice of reason, more or less, is like, well, why'd you apologize? You have every right to be angry. Like, I know I wouldn't have reacted that way. I wouldn't have said sorry to anybody (laughs) if I was told like, oh, you gotta work the next two days, but you also weren't supposed to work because I'm in Vermont. Yeah, no, he would, he would have heard that
1: shit from me. Um, I would have never let that happen. Uh, I'm just different like that. Built different,
0: <laughs> not bitch made.
1: All right, uh, I think we're gonna. I'm gonna read the plot, and then we're gonna keep like doing our open discussion stuff. But I just want to get the plot out of the way so we're all on the same page. So it goes as follows: Dante Hicks, a young man who works as a retail clerk at a Quick Stop groceries in Leonardo, New Jersey, is called into work on his day off to cover another employee's morning shift. Uh, arriving at the store, he finds the locked to the security shutters are jammed closed with gum. So he hangs a sheet over them with "quote I assure you, we are open," written in shoe polish. <laughs> Soon after opening, Dante's best friend, wisecracking slacker Randall Glaves, arrives for his own work day at the next door video rental store, RST Video. The two prepare for another ordinary day immersed in their own tedious customer service jobs. Dante repeatedly laments that he is not even supposed to be here today, while Randall neglects his job at the video store to keep Dante company at quick stop. They pass the time engaging in philosophical discussions on a wide variety of topics, including movies, sex, relationships, and difficult customers. Some of the customers they encounter during the day are angry and demanding, others are clueless and impolite. Still, others provide proof—sorry, what? Others, clueless and impolite, still, others prove unexpectedly wise. After several hours, Dante discovers that his boss, who was supposed to arrive at 12 to relieve Dante, went on a trip to Vermont, leaving him to run the store for the rest of the day. Dante and Randall find a number of reasons to leave the store and slack off, from a rooftop hockey game with their friends to crashing an ill-fated wake for Julie Dwyer, one of Dante's ex-lovers. Um, throughout the film, Dante is torn between Veronica Lauren, his current girlfriend, and Caitlin Bree, his ex girlfriend, with whom he secretly still communicates uh, despite her being engaged. Dante is distressed when he learns Veronica has given oral sex to 36 men before him and engaged in snowballing with at least one. (laughs) Uh, Despite Veronica's doting on him, Dante chooses to rekindle his relationship with Caitlin. However, Caitlin is traumatized by an incident in the quick stop bathroom in the dark. She had sex with a person that she thought was Dante, but who was actually an old customer who had died of a heart attack while masturbating to a pornographic magazine Dante provided him earlier in the day. Caitlin leaves in a catatonic state in an ambulance. Jay and Silent Bob, a pair of drug dealers who spend their time loitering outside the store, invite Dante to a party with them after hours, but Dante declines, considering the various seedy characters the two usually attract. Aware of Dante's problems, Silent Bob tersely and convinces him that he really loves Veronica, but Randall has already stopped confess- wait, but Randall has already confessed the previous events to her, prompting a ferocious, uh, sorry- prompting a furious Veronica to dramatically dump Dante. Dante then finally loses his tempter and fights Randall, trashing the quick stop. Dante and Randall have a crucial moment of clarity after their fight. Dante repeats his refrain that he's not even supposed to be here today, and an enraged Randall, fed up with Dante's self-pitying, explodes at Dante, explaining that he, Dante, not Randall, closed the store several times to slack off. He then says Dante came to work on his own free will and therefore could have left at any time, preventing the day's events. Furthermore, he says they are not as, quote, advanced over the, as advanced over the customers as they think they are, or else they would not be stuck in such lowly jobs, leaving Dante speechless. After the two make amends to clean the store, Dante plans to visit Caitlin in the hospital and try to reconcile with Veronica and possibly get some direction in his life. Randall leaves, but not before tossing Dante's shoe polish sign in his
0: face and declaring, you're closed. And that's it. The end. So, movie. running off the top, uh, I want to ask you a question relating to the very beginning of the movie. Uh, what's your body count? <laughs> no, How many dicks have you <laughs> sucked? Uh- <laughs> Uh, it's a great question to ask in any relationship, of course, because you have to know. Right. It's so important yeah. how many people you've fucked and how many right. dicks you've sucked. Yeah.
1: It's the most important thing. I, uh, it's like the first thing I ask when I match with somebody on Tinder. Yeah. So first off, body count. How many How many guys have you snowballed? Okay, body. <laughs> it's body
0: count, then it's height, then it's weight. Uh, it was, snowballing <laughs> was mentioned. <laughs> Uh, if you don't know what snowballing is, it's basically a normal BJ up until a certain point where the woman or man performing the blowjob takes the uh, produce into their mouth and then passes it over to the the receiver of the head. And, uh, you know, I can't speak to uh, how pleasurable that might be, but apparently the guy in the movie got off on it. So it, it's it's prevalent. I mean, people, it's a term there's a slang term for it it's in the urban dictionary, uh so it must be pretty popular and uh to i mean to know that uh, well, I will say the number of dicks and the number of bodies does not matter, but to know yeah. that any woman I'd been with had snowballed a guy, yeah would bother me, yeah, I gotta admit I, I like to think I'm pretty progressive and sex positive, but snowballing is a step too far in yeah. my opinion, so I can understand slightly. Dante's anger but I think it's more the number the 37 <laughs> it's not the fact that she's done it
1: it's that why I don't need to know that you've
0: and it was anybody. also that guy who was just there yeah
1: I don't <laughs> I don't need to know that you've ever snowballed anybody and especially I didn't need to know that it was the guy who was just being a cunt to me
0: so yeah and to be fair to Dante he did not ask her <laughs> how many dicks she sucked She and she asked him first how many girls yeah. he had been with and 12, That's more than me. Dante's doing pretty good. Yeah, I'll give it to Dante. I mean, a 22? like that, polling
1: is pretty wild. It I, is New Jersey. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Um, uh, full hate. Yeah. All offense, I, I think my note for this, I had cum comparisons. It was literally <laughs> the note that I wrote down. I really enjoyed that little discussion.
0: Um, I just... Just a great way to pull me into the movie is just a whole intro, because I had to, you know, well, I was about to Google what snowballing was yeah. before uh, Veronica explained it, and then it became pretty clear, but the way she explained it, she had done it. So, it was a nice little bit of tension there before he's like, wait a second. Hold on. How do you know so much about this snowballing? Yeah, wait, wait a minute. There's a reason you know what snowballing is. Yeah. Um, that was fun. But, uh, what, what did you think of Jay and Silent Bob? Because based on all that I had heard, I was kind of surprised at how small of a role they yeah. had in the movie. I thought they were much more active. I thought they were actual friends of Dante and Randall. Yeah. I didn't know they were just guys who sold drugs outside and yeah, made didn't. fun of them and called them F-words. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, which was funny, yeah. to be fair. Like, the few sparse moments they were in were great. But I just was, I thought they were going to be more main characters. They were just kind of there.
1: Yeah. I definitely thought the movie would be more zany. Um, I thought the movie would be like way more slapstick. Um, yeah, I thought not it was slapstick, but, but more over like, the top.
0: Yeah, I thought it would be way more over the top, but it with the budget, it kind of had to stay grounded. Yeah, and that's why the dialogue shines through so much yeah. because there's so many interesting little conversations and. Just weird shit. I mean, it yeah. is a little bit zany in that way. Like uh, the Russian cousin of Bob. <laughs> I have <Bezerka! laughs> I have
1: a note. I have a note that says Shrelneck. <laughs> Shrelneck. <laughs>
0: he just says
1: they ask him a question. And he goes Shrelneck, and then Jay goes, "Yeah, see, man, this this cat. He's, this cat he's right fucking, here. This guy he's is hilarious."
0: Crazy. No, but I I love that little bit character. I think it's a tie between him and, and the uh the guy who came on the roof and stole their ball. Yeah. For my favorite just like five seconds. Like that's all you get to see of him. But it's a huge impact on the movie for me at least. Yeah. It it was a, it was really funny. Um that scene.
1: But him just the everything about that scene was just so good. You think there's about to be this epic hockey scene. I mean, you know it's going to get ruined in some way because, like, that's the tone of the movie. That's kind
0: of the theme of the movie yeah. is that uh, things will seem to be going fine, and then it's almost like Dante ruins it for himself. I mean, yeah. is and it, then he wants to blame somebody else for it. Yeah, it's part of his character. In that, and this is something that I have struggled with is just guilting myself over inconveniencing people and thinking that, like, and Randall calls him out, is, like, feeling like the weight of the world is on my shoulders. Like, I, it's my responsibility to make sure everybody else is happy yeah. at, at my own detriment. Yeah. Um, so instead of striving for his own happiness, he's just being complacent and, you know, thinking that, like, oh, this is so important. Like, what I do is so important. Like, he tries to lord the way he does his job over Randall, but it has the same result. I mean, they they both have totally different approaches, but it's the same result at the end of the day. Right. So you know he's not doing anything different. Yeah.
1: I I just think, you know. Yeah, I agree with everything <laughs> you said. I don't have anything <laughs> I'd add to that. I was gonna try and add something, but I don't have anything for it. You, but what you said is true, like exactly what it is. I mean,
0: really, this is like Dante comes across as an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> in this
1: movie a the lot. Whole movie. I I mean like. Him picking the other girl over, uh, him picking what's her name, Caitlin over Veronica.
0: Yeah, I don't. Insanity. I don't watch any
1: part of that movie. There's just I don't know.
0: Yeah, I don't see how anyone could really. I mean, I somewhat sympathize with Dante, and and like I was once in that position of like being indecisive and, you know, blaming everything around me for my problems, but. Even though I'm not much older than he was, well, than his character was in that movie, I'm just like, I'm so far beyond that. Yeah. Um, and, like, he's got encouragement from everyone around him. I mean, especially Veronica is like, you can go back to school, and it comes out later in the movie that she moved back to their town to go to a worse college to be close to him and to encourage him to go to school. I mean, she brought him a lasagna.
1: <laughs> he was rubbing his back while he was laying on the ground.
0: I mean, it, I I just, I don't even understand. And just to take that for granted and yeah. still be talking to the girl who cheated on you in high school. Yeah, it's and, like that's, about
1: to, and then is about to, like, break up with her fiancé. For you. Yeah. It's kind
0: of pathetic. Yeah, I mean, and you've know, really... like,
1: at a certain point, you've got to consider the character and... And I don't mean the character of Dante, but you need to consider the character of, like, the people you're talking to. And Dante is just unequivocally not really willing to do that. And it comes back and bites him in the ass like a bunch. Um,
0: and yeah. for good reason. Uh, because he doesn't really... He doesn't deserve a happy ending, exactly. I don't think. He doesn't um, deserve for... Her. I think I think the ending he got was a lot happier yeah. and more optimistic than he would should have got. And, yeah. and in a real-life situation i don't think he would have any chance of reconciling with veronica and like it's still you see that i'm excited to watch clerks too eventually because i don't know how much it follows the story in those same characters exactly but it seems that he's still thinking of juggling veronica and caitlin's like i'm gonna visit caitlin in the hospital but i'm also gonna try to talk to veronica again it's like well which (laughs) which one are you gonna gonna go go with with you know where are you going guy it's like he didn't really learn much, which I guess is you know, a theme of the movie. He didn't really learn anything throughout the whole day. Right. I mean, as, as shitty as Randall is at his job, he was much happier where yeah. he was. He wasn't lying to himself yeah. about what he was doing or how important he was. Yeah. He was very aware of, like, this is a dead-end job. It's basically worthless. Yeah. And uh, the people that I'm serving are just as bad as me.
1: Yeah, I agree. That's like one of the biggest things in that movie for me of like he accepts who he is. He accepts his position in life at the moment, like he, but he's not he's not staying, you know, within himself and saying like, this is it. This is all I'll ever do. But at the same time, he accepts the situation that he's in, understands yeah. that this is his situation and tries to make the most out of it rather than than. Dante, who is who puts so much like self hate on himself to make sure that he gets out of that situation, um, and you know, to no avail, eventually, to to really no avail. Uh, yeah, uh, so, what is at the end of the day? What are you complaining about? Um, yeah, what are you complaining about? Uh, let's see. I have, I'll, I'll go, I have a note, <laughs> I have a note that says watching someone open in the, a store is a little bit traumatic.
0: Yeah, man, that, that feeling of waking up at six in the goddamn morning, yeah. and just knowing, like, I gotta go, I gotta make coffee, yeah. I gotta turn the lights on, gotta flip the sign over, and it's just, like, it, the monotony of it, and just knowing that, like, for sure, the first guy to come in is gonna be buying cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> Every time. You just got to live that, and it's it's worse. You know what? One one way in which Dante is better than me uh, is he never smokes in the movie. Mm. I, the number one thing that happened to me in my job was I started smoking because the stress was so intense. And like just being able to step outside of the store and not being locked behind the counter for the five minutes that nobody was there was a blessing. Yeah. So I credit that job with my nicotine addiction. 100%. Well, there you go. So, good on Dante. He's not a smoker. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, after that fucking
0: berating that he got, I don't think he'd want to be. Yeah. That, that was, was fucking hilarious. That was amazing. I didn't know that in the 90s that anti-smoking like campaigns were that prevalent. And, yeah. of course, it's revealed like he's not some <laughs> activist. He's trying to sell nicotine gum. <laughs> he's just the Chulies rap. Chulies. Um, such a terrible name for, a, I'm assuming, a fake gum brand. Yeah it's it's that's
1: such a great fake brand name though um i i just love that little psa turning into a ted talk
0: yeah and he says, and, rallying and the everyone's people. throwing their cigarettes they just bought at him and then after all that the one guy who's still there is like pack of cigarettes <laughs> Which, just, I mean I would it. have customers like that who would come in with their new little vape pen or their nicotine gum, like, I'm off that shit. I'm not smoking cigarettes ever again. And then like the next day they come in like Newport shorts, please <laughs> <laughs> They just yeah. look haggard. It's yeah. just it's not just the nicotine they're missing. It's the it's the cancer. It really is. Yeah. And we're not talking about astrology. <laughs> um
1: I I noted a line, um, that uh that was said by veronica to or no sorry reverse dante to veronica he looks at her when they're talking about the the dick sucking right. and he he goes this is different this is important <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> when he when talking about how many guys that she has sucked dick on uh, how many guys she's sucked their dicks uh-huh. he's like He's like, what? You fucked 12 girls? And he
0: goes, that's not It's different. That's as (laughs) important. That that Uh, line killed me. I got to admit, it it definitely puts you in perspective of like the time where I think that like that kind of revelation would be much more important for somebody. Um, I mean, I can't say I wouldn't be bothered. It's really still though. It's the snowballing for me. (laughs) But here's the thing is I would just never ask. I would never ask the question. I would never wonder. Uh, I, because I it, it's just you don't want to go down that path. Yeah. Because everyone's got history, and, yeah. and you know, and that's something that uh, obviously Dante did not realize. Yeah, and everyone um, has uh, everyone has jealousy too. So. Yeah, and he, he didn't take into account the fact that I mean, twelve is a fairly hefty body count. I think for a twenty-two year old, I believe he said he was twenty-two in that yeah. movie. That's a pretty hefty body count. For a twenty-two-year-old, I mean, I think as a not that attractive guy, <laughs> I think twelve is pretty great. I think that's like a lifetime achievement. That's a, that's a lifetime of fucking for me. 12, twelve. God, I mean, we're talking twelve different women. Twelve different women. That's a I mean, that's not we're not saying sex twelve times. You know, twelve I mean, different women. I think I've maybe had. Uh, have I, I? don't even know if I've had sex twelve times. Yeah, honestly. So <laughs> got, really, the twelve um, different women is pretty impressive. Right. Um, once again, not not knocking, you know, his game, his riz, as it were. As, that's what the kids say these days? <laughs> yeah, yeah, riz. 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 <laughs> the riz. Um, I kind of wanted to talk about some more uh, lines that stand out to me because, like, this is such a quotable movie. That's yeah. the only reason I was aware of it. I mean, I knew about Kevin Smith because he's just at Comic-Con a lot. He does, he writes for a lot of different movies. He's written some comics. Uh, howard the duck and stuff like that so that's where i knew uh kevin smith from and and also the clerks animated series that aired on adult swim oh yeah uh i knew i'd watched that that's the only exposure i had to his like universe okay
1: um
0: but all i would would ever hear is just like you know the don't suck any dicks on your way to the parking lot (laughs) like that's a line that i've heard for years and i never knew where it was from Until so eventually I'm like, oh, that's from Clerks. And then I watched like a trailer for it when I was a teenager and it was a black and white movie. And I was like, it's wow, fucking yeah. shit made in the 70s. Because <laughs> I thought black and white movies were from the 70s at that time. Oh, yeah. Uh, they, are. <laughs> they are. Life was in black and white up until I was born, basically. Um, before yeah. 9-11, it was all black and white as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We're
1: going to come back and we're going to have some iconic lines to talk about.
0: The best quotes, basically. Yeah, quotables. When we get
1: back, we're going to be doing quotables. Some sound I also have a surprise when we come back. We'll see what that is. Stick with it. Okay. So I said I had a fucking surprise, and I've got a fucking surprise.
0: Oh, I don't even know what it is. Today
1: is so yesterday was trevor's birthday oh. so kidding. he's gonna get presented on camera oh, this is... he knows what it is
0: i totally forgot <laughs> i was way more excited about recording and i was like i totally forgot i was getting presents <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: so you God. can you can no. read that I'll later okay, okay, that, okay that's fine you that's can do whatever person. you want that's that's a it's, it's pretty personal that's i'll a be confession honest confession of love yeah
0: so we're just gonna leave that for That's, later. It, it actually is. Oh, it's so fucking beautiful in person. I should <laughs> stay in North Carolina. This is where we from, and I have an inordinate amount of pride about it. Yeah. Um, it's nothing. You know, we're nothing to sneeze at. We're only thirty six in education. But, but, but it's hey, pretty uh, here. We you're got in, pretty outside here in North Kakalaki, which nobody from here calls it that. So yeah. if you say that, uh, you're a Yankee. Yeah, we hate you. Yeah, uh, damn carpetbaggers coming yeah. down here. and
1: Leave our property alone, okay? You no. Know, it's it's cheap for a reason, because we like it that way.
0: It's cheap because the education sucks and um, segregation.
1: It's cheap because we like it that way, and we want to keep it that way. And the more of you that come down here, you make it worse. So stay where you're at. Yeah. Bitch.
0: Yeah, that's a that's um, political statement in yeah. the episode.
1: Fuck the North. Fuck the Northeast United States.
0: Yeah, population density.
1: That's that's what this podcast is about. Fuck the Northeast United States. Yes,
0: yeah, so we'd like to go to our sponsor, a Black Rifle Coffee Company. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, they do make a great espresso with cream. Yeah, they do. We'll say. I will say. I cannot deny that. Oh, we got. Oh, 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 oh no! Oh no! Oh no! This is a disaster. Well, almost <laughs> as big a disaster as the bathroom scene. <laughs> And Clerks. Oh, I'm God. I'm just going to vamp here for a second. Don't worry about it. <laughs> One of my favorite quotes in the movie is directly after uh, the scene where... Yeah. We're in uh, quotables, by the way. Caitlin <laughs> uh, has fucked the dead guy <laughs> and the dark of the bathroom, which, you know, getting aside how disgusting that is uh, and yeah. how bothered, uh, obviously, Dante is by that, and clearly Caitlin, who's catatonic at her last scene in the movie... But Randall just kind of shrugs it off by saying, shit, my mom's been fucking a dead guy for 30 years. <laughs> I call him dad. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, that, I one really, that one It came out of nowhere. It hit me right in the gut. Like, there's not many movies or TV shows or anything really where I just belly laughed yeah. the way I did. I mean, I woke up my dog. <laughs> uh, when I did that, so yeah, that one really hit me. <laughs> just... Yeah that that joke that
1: joke hit me. I don't know why I didn't write that one down. Um, I, I I have another Randall line where um, <laughs> where is Randall is talking to Caitlin a uh, one on one and is basically like by the end of the conversation he's telling her like if you fuck over Dante I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he legitimately says that and. So they have a little exchange in the middle of the conversation where Randall says, Hey, we have something in common. We both like Chinese. And she looks over and she goes, Dick. And he goes, Exactly. Because <laughs> she's getting married to an Asian design manager. That's that's That was a great line. I thought that was super clever. Also, as
0: a recurring joke, that's like another thing that I think dates the movie a little bit. I mean, like you hear the F word quite a few times in that movie. But also the fact that it's so notable that she is marrying an Asian guy. Yeah. It's like, I feel like in most cases now, uh, people wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, uh, she's marrying a black guy who majors in architecture. Yeah, they would never in this that's movie a, have said
1: a, she's marrying a black design
0: it, major. It, it's too specific. Yeah. Um, but back in the 90s, especially in New Jersey, I'm guessing, that was a pretty notable thing to point out. It's like, yeah. it's almost like, the bent to it is kind of like it's almost humiliating. You yeah, those racist-ass
1: north, Northeasterners.
0: Again, you know, fuck the north
1: Yeah, those racist-ass <laughs> Northeasterners.
0: Hey, look, there's a past here, but... <laughs> but it's it's, it's... it's the past. It's the past. You know, it seems like they never forgot about their prejudices up there. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. No, I I I think it was. Let's not act like
1: they didn't return slaves back to the South. Okay. I
0: just thought it was funny how it's kind of a mouthful to say Asian design major or Asian was it Asian design major? Asian design major. Yeah. Yeah. They repeat that like probably a good dozen times in the movie. Speaking of the Asian Asian design major, uh,
1: there's another line that says, "Who doesn't love (laughs) saying?" And and, uh, Dante goes, "Me, I guess." (laughs) With saying is the name of the Asian design major. And he keeps on saying sing. <laughs> on
0: saying, oh, it's fucking past tense.
1: That was another past great tense? line.
0: <laughs> that was another great one. Um, and of course, everyone knows, hey, I'm trying to suck me dick on your way to the parking lot. That's all time. You know, Even if you haven't seen Clerks, you've probably like seen that. I remember the first time I saw it, I was probably 13 on some Reddit thread. And that would be a common thing to pop up whenever infidelity was brought up or just like someone's uh, promiscuity common line but uh, you know kind of dated of course yeah. uh, there's a lot of language in this dated uh, one thing I did like was I don't have the exact quote here I couldn't really I didn't write it down at the moment and I can't find anything mm-hmm. but uh, Jay at the beginning of the movie <laughs> talking about how he would love to <laughs> go down on Silent Bob and then he's like nah nah I love women <laughs> so I was like this clearly suppressed like, homosexuality <laughs> in that man
1: yeah, that oh. yeah. I, um, another line I have written down, um, is, if we're, so, well, this is one of the more, like, deep lines, and this is from, like, the, <clears throat> like, the end of the movie, when they're, yeah, he goes, if we're so fucking advanced, what the fuck are we doing here? Yeah. And I love the, I love how that line paints, uh, Dante's self-importance with Randall's, like, uh, more just generalized. approach. Yep.
0: And, and credit to the
1: actor uh,
0: O'Halloran. Yeah,
1: or her... I think that's Dante. Uh, Jeff Anderson as well. Right uh, well, I meant credit to O'Halloran. Oh, okay.
0: yeah. So the delivery by Anderson, great. Right. But I mean, just like the way his face immediately changes and yeah. it just dawns on him, yeah. like, oh, I'm not special.
1: Yeah, because
0: I think something that happens with people who have like a above average intelligence or at least just feel like they do. Is they have this kind of complex to where it's like you know everything bad that happens isn't my fault, and I'm better than everybody else, uh, even though there's nothing to support that belief. Right. It's core to his character yeah. is that he is superior because he chooses to suffer. <laughs> That's like his character basically. He's like, yeah. oh, I'm better than my friend Randall because I choose to do the, this the right way, yeah. and suffer for it, and mm-hmm. I'm way less happy doing the exact same thing.
1: And it, in doing it, it gives me nowhere, (laughs) nowhere further. No, it's it's not going to ever get him anywhere further. Um,
0: And and it really, I had to pause the movie for a second when he said that line, because I probably had the same mindset for years where it's just like, you know, especially when you work in like a rural, in a rural area like I did, where it's just, you know, everyone is less educated. Uh, They're all playing scratchy lotteries and they drink 40s all day. Like that's, that's just the demographic that I was serving. And it's pretty easy to fool yourself. and be like, I'm so much better, but it's like I still live in this town. I'm, um, you know, I like these people are like my friends and family. You know, I'm, I come from the same stock of white trash, <laughs> so I can't really claim to be better. Um, despite like, oh, I did great in high school. It's like, yeah. well, you didn't go to college, dummy. <laughs> so, when, where do you think you're going to go working in the convenience store? Yeah,
1: I, I definitely get, uh, I definitely got that feeling working in the convenience store. I'm like. You know, I'm talking down about people who are smoking cigarettes and stuff, come home, smack the bong, and I don't have any money in my bank account. So it's like, you know, what do you – are you really better than them at the end of the day just because you don't drink malt liquor? You smoke weed when you get home? I mean, are you that much better? Yeah, it definitely in this movie it was great for perspective. So this a great. This movie is great for it is giving a perspective yeah, right. of what you're doing in the morality and the everyday, and it's just it's I love that part of it. Um, Speaking of morality, I think it's time that we um, talk about the the Return of the Jedi. So.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. So probably one of the best little exchanges between Dante and Randall in this film is when. Don, it's Don, or Custer Randall sitting in his store, he's watching, uh, you hear the lasers in the background, it's like, okay, he's watching Star Trek or Star Wars or something and he just like, has a face mm. and he pauses the movie, gets up, locks the store for like the fifth time <laughs> that day, not to mention he got there late. <laughs> I love that. And he crosses over like to, he the, keeps to the, the door and he's like, you know, <laughs> what about those, basically, am paraphrasing here, he's like, what about the people who are on the second Death Star? He's like, what do you mean? Donna's like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, well, in the first Star Wars, the first Death Star was fully functional, it was completed, it was all just Imperial Army, you know, yeah. so when you kill them, it's like, no big deal, they, <laughs> they signed up for this. But what about those independent contractors who are working on that? Nestle? And he has a whole logistical basis because he's like, it's not just like, you know, there, of course there's tons of Imperial resources being used to build this, but like, it's such a huge project. You've got to hire outside help. Uh, metal
1: workers, roofers, roofers,
0: aluminum siding. Um, you know, all of those guys are just there for a job. They don't have any political motivations. They don't have any agenda. So why do they become victims? And then
1: all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this dude comes up, he's a roofer, and he fucking starts going into the whole thing about, no, see, when you're a contractor, I've been doing this shit for years, yeah. and if you take into a bad job and you know what your conscience is, you can't ever do that. And it's yeah. the funniest it, shit. This whole
0: basis is like, well, you know, of course there's political motivations to the jobs I take and the jobs I don't uh so it was like they knew what they were getting into is the is the gist of it and it kind of flips it kind of flips randall back yeah. like oh well well i guess my a... point wasn't so salient uh, yeah. <laughs> but i just thought it made me really think for a second like huh yeah that's kind of a war crime yeah. right but then it's like well what about like the guys who built the gas chambers yeah and and during the holocaust it's like yeah they obviously knew what they were for. Yeah. I mean you can't be building it's the second Death Star. People knew about the first one. So when you're building you signed on to build the second Death Star. Yeah. You know it's for destroying planets. Yeah. So not to get too into Star Wars here, but like, you know, they 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 had to have known, right? I yeah. Mean, the honor I mean, was there.
1: I will say, and this is a tangent for sure. Uh the movie or not the movie, but the series they just released Andor does a great job of painting the uh, the anarchist um, like influences of Andor and of the rebels in general. You know, sometimes when you have a rebellion, you do some dirty ass shit in order to uh, you know further what you believe is right, and there is there's a moral gray area when you're doing stuff like that. Yeah,
0: um I mean, and it, and
1: andor paints it perfectly for star wars and that would be the response to this clerk's, you know, interaction that they have. But I do I thought it was really funny, clever and the way that it's written, they are all very inquisitive about figuring out the morality of, of the situation. And,
0: and it's funny because you know, George Lucas never took that into account when he was writing those <laughs> movies. That was the first thing on his mind. Um, but yeah, especially when you consider that this movie was written and filmed in 1994, uh, they didn't have the context that we have of all the expanded media. I mean, the prequels hadn't even been uh, made yet. So, even
1: conceptualized, so I feel like.
0: I think, well, I think episode one. Premiered in ninety six for ninety nine. Was it really? I
1: think, yeah. Well, hey,
0: because, because, guys, because we we're, we're going watching... on a Star Wars tangent. We're going full hog Star Wars tangent here for a second. I, I think Kevin Smith would respect that. Yep. He's a huge nerd, just yep. like us. Yep. Um,
1: uh, Star. Yeah, because I actually the day before I watched Clerks, um, our friend Chris came over, and we watched um, Train Spotting. Train Spotting. I had never seen that movie incredible movie. I don't want to go on a tangent.
0: I know Ian McGregor, that's all I know. And
1: this was probably, that was probably the movie that got him Phantom Menace because they were filming that movie for two years and it oh. came out in 99.
0: Okay, you're right. Okay, I didn't know for sure. But yeah, given so far and away from the prequels and the uh, off movies and the series and the books and all these other comics that have come out, they were, like Kevin Smith, because he wrote these lines of course, was this introspective on the like, you know, just the min- like the little things in Star Wars and the implications of the actions of the main characters. And he probably thought about it harder than George Lucas did. Like most Star Wars yeah. fans, uh, we're all thinking way too hard about this <laughs> stuff, guys. Just watch it. And it's like, it's the same as a comic book movie. You just got to watch it. I will say, a spectacle.
1: yeah, I will say Kevin Smith, being a comic book fan, benefits this movie in the way that he cares about intricate, minute details and... You can see it. Like, he yeah, there's, he's, he's, he's very aware of his whole script. He's very aware of the direction that he's doing. And it comes off, like, it comes off so well because he looks smart because he is smart. Yeah. You know? And it's not, uh, it's not misconstrued at all. He is 100% fully committed to the whole script. And his ability to do callbacks and interweave things and, you know, if you know anything about Kevin Smith, you know, him making that whole universe of creating basically a multiverse with with his movies and stuff, it it really goes to show his,
0: like, comic book, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of dedication there. And I, I wanted to get into the callbacks. I think those are some of the best jokes in the whole movie. Uh, just the one that immediately comes to mind is uh, at the, maybe the midway point of the movie where they close the store for, I think, the second time. Mm-hmm. They are going to the wake. Yeah. And <laughs> they don't show any of the things that happened at the wake. They get ran out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the way to the wake, uh, Randall is talking about his cousin who, <laughs> who killed himself by trying to suck his own dick and he snapped his neck. It was an accident. It was In a total purpose. accident. He did it. And there's a little bit, you know, there's a funny bit where, like, Dante admits to having tried himself, but he never tried that hard. (laughs) And then Randall, you can't really tell if he's telling the truth, and I was like, I never tried it. Pervert. (laughs) Like, he calls Dante a pervert when, at an earlier point, at one point in the movie, he's openly watching a hermaphrodite uh, porn movie in the middle of the store. So, really just, you know. Man, Randall really me for real. Um, (laughs) hey he wanted to expand his horizons and I can respect that I had that I mean it's much easier with the internet so I expanded my horizons when I was probably 13 and I did not enjoy it (laughs) to say the least but they call back that scene later because of course uh, when the old man had jacked off and died in the restroom and Caitlin inadvertently had sex with his corpse Great bit. Uh, they cut to, you know, the, I guess, the mortician. Yep. Uh, the, the, you know, <clears throat> or at least the
1: on scene mortician. Yeah. Uh,
0: she's there kind of giving a breakdown of them, like asking questions. And then I think it's Randall who asks, Is this like the craziest thing you've ever seen? She's like, No. Uh, actually, I uh, ran into a little boy who snapped his neck trying to suck his own dick. <laughs> And I had almost forgotten that line from earlier. And I was like, Holy wait a shit. second. And I rewound and I went like, oh, okay. That's and you can kind of tell because they have that eye contact mm-hmm. moment. It's like, man, I'm not going to say anything. Like, I was hoping he was going to be like, that's my cousin. But he just kind of swallows his tongue. He's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, it proves that he wasn't lying. <laughs> because Dante did think he was bullshitting him. That's, yeah. probably, one of my fav- that's probably my favorite callback.
1: I, for that scene, I just want to. My one of my notes right in here. It just says "fucking oh necrophilia" with like five question marks. Oh god! Necrophilia? Um, that's a crime. It is a crime. That it is a crime. Quite literally a crime. Um, want to point out this movie doesn't pass the Bechdel test, and that's kind of upsetting. I
0: don't know what the Bechdel test is. Uh,
1: the Bechdel test is uh, is a test. That was created by Rachel Bechtel. I'm pretty sure she was a a sociologist. And she she basically created this test for movies, the Bechtel test, and um, it's to judge whether or not the women in the movie are real characters or if they are set pieces to support the men in the movie. And unfortunately, in this movie, uh, they are just set pieces to set up the men. So to pass the Bechtel test, I'm going to... Look it up just to make sure I've got everything. Because I
0: thought, you know, yeah, I I can, not not knowing the exact parameters, I can kind of see that. Yeah. They definitely weren't driving the plot in any way. Um, They were kind of just, I guess They did
1: drive the plot, but it was driving Dante's intention, not so much as they have their own intentions
0: and they have their own lives. Yeah, Um, their only motivations were both connected to Dante. Yeah. And it was basically about getting Dante. Or, like, I guess in Veronica's case, motivating Dante and supporting him, like, literally. Like, that's literally her character, is just to be supportive. So, I guess I can see why it wouldn't pass a test. But I think that she's a better written character, a more complex character than Caitlyn, who just seems like uh, a piece of shit. Yeah. I mean, say what you will about the girl who sucked 36 dicks, but... (laughs) Uh, She wasn't cheating on anybody. Uh, You know, she's got her morals in place. There's something to be said for the fact that she openly admitted to snowballing a guy. (laughs) But at least she told the truth. She's honest. I uh, I mean, I think she's got more to her than we see. I don't know if she's in any other Clerks movies. Yeah. Um, But I would be excited to see her again. I wonder if Smith improves on that as time goes. Again, 1994 misogyny was pretty big back then right even without Andrew Tate it was, <laughs> it was a pretty big thing <clears throat> it was cool <laughs> was smoking cigarettes and,
1: yeah and he's ass. a literal rapist uh, and sex trafficker yeah uh, that's pretty awesome
0: yeah it's uh, not awesome at all that that's not guy's great. Such he's really doing, a, so doing us bald guys dirty what are you like what the fuck why are you gonna blow it up for bald men and I just want to point out he has no chin and he's got fish eyes <laughs>
1: Yeah, you heard it here first.
0: <laughs> I don't care if we never. If for some reason everyone who watches this podcast is also a fan of Andrew Tate, uh,
1: kill yourself. I hope you I, I like. I cancel this. I don't fucking care.
0: Yeah. Um. No excuses, guys. Yeah.
1: Do it. Do it. Um. So the Bechtel test number one: it has to have at least two women in it. Who number two talk to each other about number three something besides men.
0: Are there ever two women who talk to each other in the whole movie? I can't think of a single <sighs> incident nope. of that. I mean, I, I was pretty tired, and wa- I started watching it at six a.m. this morning. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that never happened. I don't think so. So yeah, that's a. I mean, right off the bat, that's a pretty big failure. Um, yeah. It is a small cast.
1: Yeah, and I mean, they, and they had limiting the, the actors like,
0: that he could get. He's got some excuses. So I'm not going to lie, but I at mean, the same time. To amount. be fair, he was the only one writing the script. There was probably not a lot of input from any women because I'm, assu- I'm assuming that the women that were in the movie were the only women that he knew. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I could cut him a little bit of slack considering the time period and just, uh, you know, what he was aiming for was like, and I think that like part of the reason it might not pass is like, the characters in the movie are fairly misogynistic. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense. Yeah. You know? It, yeah. It, 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 you could argue that it was uh, done out of ignorance, or it sure. was purposeful. Yeah. Um, and I I don't think it really takes away too much from the movie. Right. Um, it's just something that you're probably going to notice. Uh, with anything made before, like, now. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, there's movies that pass it that, you know, are old as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, even Fight Club doesn't pass the Bechtel test. So, I mean the greatest well, the greatest directors and that's for that movie is for young men.
0: Yeah, I was about to say I've yeah. only ever heard men say that like Fight Club is an amazing movie. I've never yeah. heard never. a woman, heard woman say I love Fight Club. <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't think Fight Club was meant to be speaking to women. Although it can. Although it can. I it it setting out it did not it was not was trying not to. Yeah. And
0: I think really Clerks is like a movie Four clerks. Like, it's four people in the early 20s.
1: Or even just the service industry if you work a cashier job anywhere. I I think someone
0: who works as, like, retail, like, I mean, clothing stores like a Target or a Walmart would have, like, a similar feeling. But especially if you are a cashier, Uh, you just know how it is. You get the dumbest questions. Like, I think the the movie did a great job of displaying, like, the worst types of customers. Like, the guy who's like, can I use the bathroom even though it's clearly an employee's only (laughs) bathroom because, like, what kind of gas station just lets anybody use the bathroom? Because the, the worst people go to gas stations. Yeah. That's all I can really say. Sorry if you frequent, you know. If you spend, if you go to the same gas station every day, you're probably not doing great. Yeah. I mean, I go to gas stations for gas. Yeah. I cannot say that I walk into a
1: convenience store. And feel good about it. <laughs> that. Because <laughs> there's something good for you in there. And then uh, number two, I don't know that I ever really walk in a convenience store and I'm like, uh, or like, I can say I go a whole week without walking into a convenience store. Yeah,
0: no. Once they got the pay the pump thing. Honestly, they didn't have gas. It's not like I'd be going to 7-Elevens. Yeah. Just like, oh, I want some uh, Black and Milds. Yeah, like, no, if I want. Overpriced beer. Yeah, Yeah, that's (laughs) the
1: biggest thing. Is like, why do people buy beer at the gas station?
0: I don't know. I really I, don't know. Like, small rant here, but like Modelo is 30% more expensive. If you go to the, the gas station, station. Just go to the grocery store.
1: For real. I, I cannot tell you how many times I scanned a Modelo 32-ouncer because their big ball is a 32-ouncer, not a 40. Not even a 40, guys. Not even a 40. It's a 32-ouncer that shit was
0: 3 89 Paying four dollars for uh two three and, like, beers, a beer, and a, a beer and three quarters. Four, yeah, like three, yeah, and no, and a no, twelve,
1: couple? yeah, twelve. So two and yeah, a half, it's like almost three, three.
0: three. Yeah, not quite three beers. And you're paying. What are you four doing? I, I mean, come on, you pay like eight bucks. Twelve. 12 Mandelos
1: at the store that I worked yeah. at, we live in North Carolina. It was twenty dollars.
0: I can't imagine in New Jersey.
1: I paid seventeen dollars for, for craft beer from a craft beer company for twelve of them tonight. And I'm ashamed of that. So don't do that. Um we've got like three minutes left. So we're gonna run through the themes. Um just common themes from the movie, and then we're gonna close it out, and we're gonna go have Trevor's birthday party, because that's why people are here. But nevertheless, these are the themes for clerics. Um I'll go first. Um I'm not even supposed to be here today.
0: <laughs> I'm not even supposed to be here today, which is just you hear it ad nauseum and yeah. it's funny every time and it's amazing to me that it wasn't called out until the end of the movie. Yeah, and,
1: I know. love the flip I, I love the way that they set that up as the, the go to line and then they flip it and then they say, you know, you're not even supposed to be here today yeah. and that's that's fuels his like um,
0: one thing self realization. Randall it's um Randall says, you know, Shoot, where did my Quote? Okay, people dictate their own behavior, and he says that he mandates his own destiny. Yeah, and you can clearly see that because he's putting up with Dante's bullshit all day, and it's not until the very end where he hears that line one more time that he snaps. He's like, "You have a choice to make yep. every single day to either keep doing this or to not do this." Yeah, um, and that's that's probably the thing that stuck out. That's the theme that stuck out to me in this movie was just you know, I guess inner conflict yeah um just just deep dissatisfaction identity crisis yeah that's another another one identity crisis yeah a a major identity crisis he doesn't Um, know he's trying to choose between two girls he's trying to juggle being a slacker or being um attentive to his job he he just doesn't know what to do vanity is the
1: downfall um he's just a super vain guy another theme would be capitalism he feels vain because of capitalism yeah uh, a lot of working class struggles in this movie. Uh, I, there's a super big lo- like this is my favorite theme of the movie is the sense of loss of innocence. Um, it just feels like they're I mean they're our age right now. They're 22, and I definitely feel like there's certain points of time where I'm like, damn, I wish <laughs> I wish I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I wish I I wish I did not pay attention to politics. Or like, I wish I really didn't, you know, uh, see that thing on the news because it just fucking tipped me off all day. And yeah, um, it's yeah. just it's just shit. Yeah, it's
0: just shit. And I mean, I, I think the way that Rand, I think the way that Randall handles things, Randall handling, is, <laughs> is just you know he's aw- he's more aware than Dante, but he's also yeah. better at just coping. Um, and while he's not a perfect person, he's obviously got some issues, and he's in the same boat as Dante. I think that like the movie is trying to tell you, like if you're going to be um, complacent, if you're going to be static in your life, then you, at least, you need to have a good attitude about it, mm-hmm. like Randall does. Yeah. And I mean, he's a good friend throughout the whole movie, I think. I mean, he supports and you know encourages Dante in everything that happens. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's really a movie about friendship. It's a big thing in the movie is their friendship and it's super one-sided. <laughs> <But> <laughs> yes. It's a great friendship.
1: Yeah, it is really good. Um, we're going to take one more break. We're going to come right back. Literally, I'm going to turn it over uh, and we're going to finish the themes out and then we're going to say our goodbyes. Okay. All right. All right.
0: We're full of so
1: we're back for the last time. Uh, we'll be done in like Five mean, minutes. Yeah, we can we can
0: fit it in. We can fit it. You in. can
1: uh, stick around if you stuck around this long. I mean, yeah. Um. Okay. So number four on my list. I I, I haven't been going the numbers. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. But I have change versus burger tradition. King. Burger King, a lettuce I have a change versus tradition um, as one of the themes, and I also have the dangers of ignorance uh, as one of the themes. And you know, while we're at it desire to escape i feel like all those things kind of play into each
0: other and yeah it's really hard to identify like one overarching theme for the whole film um because there's really just a lot of emotion displayed throughout by the main character by dante the main character and you know you can see that he's literally being pulled in all these different directions and it's all him yeah um no one is literally no one like randall said is is uh what do you say breaking your breaking your arm like forcing you to do this like it's all in his head yeah it's all him doing that and um, yeah I think that's a I mean it's it's hard to condense that into one like line I guess
1: I think man versus society I mean I think that's kind of it and and man versus self I mean that's both of those are very prevalent
0: yeah there's no you know like the antagonist of this movie is the protagonist yeah um, if you had to put it that way, like, I, I think that it's really all him. Yeah. yeah, that
1: is true. There is no overarching antagonist to this whole thing.
0: Yeah, there's no, like, one customer who keeps coming back and fucking shit up for him. There's no... Well,
1: the the actor is the same person, <laughs> but the character is not the same. Right, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, well, yeah, I, like, there's no, like, there's no big bad. For this movie and yeah. I, it makes the movie. And, better. and there's
0: no real action sequences except for like the, the hockey the, scene, the, the hockey scene, and the fight between Randall and uh, Dante at the end of the movie. Which, uh, when I learned after watching this that that was filmed in a real store that he worked at, like I was like, how did he? Pay? I was like, how much of the budget was just paying for all the damages? Because <laughs> it's not like just it knocked stuff over and like had to put it back. Like they broke shit yeah. and like they ruined candies and like you know all kinds of stuff and like they were ripping open packs of cigarettes and throwing cigarettes at each other yeah. like and I wonder how much that I wonder how much of this $27,000 was just him buying scene. yeah him buying wow.
1: cigarettes so they could throw them that's really funny
0: it, it just goes to show that like he really was like there's no way that he was able to keep working at that store after making this movie you know and like I wonder you know I wonder if he really knew like this is it yeah uh, because it's just such a huge leap to take. And it's the exact opposite of what Dante would be doing. Like this, you know, it's nothing that Dante would do. It's like, he would never take a leap like that. He would never make such a huge change. He's comfortable, but he's also dissatisfied. Yeah. It's like he's comfortable with his shittiness.
1: Right. He's grown to accept it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, and I have that as kind of the theme. I have emptiness. You know. Yeah. That's I mean, that kind of, that's what, that's what. Leads the charge on on that feeling that yeah. he has.
0: I think w- one thing I had written down was like how obviously, and I think uh, Silent Bob is the one who calls it out, and Dante himself even mentions it as like this subconscious like you know uh, urge or want to break up with Veronica because he's he thinks that she's like part of the reason that he's dissatisfied with life and that's why he's complaining when really, if anything, she is the one pushing him to change. Mm-hmm. And it's mentioned a couple of times that like, they always talk about the fact that he should go back to school and he's so smart and like, he's got potential. And while he's, you know, claims to see that in himself, he never acts on it. Yeah. I, um, I agree with
1: that. Uh, Silent Bob drops the hell of a one liner. Um, literally one line, uh, where he said, uh, w- what does he say about uh, about Caitlyn? He he hits him with a, a sobering line about Caitlyn. Uh, wow. I think it'd be easier just like,
0: <laughs> it would be easier to just look at her. It would be easier to just look at her. He's basically saying, what I said earlier, like she's bringing you lasagna, giving you back rubs. I mean, she's always doing stuff for you. And it's like, all I know about Caitlyn is that she cheated on you multiple times. I mean, you met a guy that she was cheating <laughs> yeah, on That's exactly day. what he says. It, him being
1: Silent Bob, no context, he doesn't care, you know? Uh, he just says, you know, there's a million fine-looking women in the world, dude, but they don't bring you all lasagna at work. Most of them just cheat on you. And I thought that having no context or whatever, for, and you know that character doesn't because he's just looked despondent in the whole movie. All and he does is like, smoke
0: cigarettes the yeah, whole movie. It's like so they're in a trench coat. Yeah.
1: And it you know Talk about emptiness and loneliness, yeah, but
0: yeah. uh you know, he yeah. I mean I'm glad that Kevin's a green line. Saved one really good line for himself because uh another thing I learned while reading was he originally was going to play Randall in the movie. That's why Randall has so many amazing lines. Is because okay. Kevin Smith was like, I wanna do these I'm sure he thinks he's he, Randall. He had to hand it off. Yeah, I'm sure he thinks he's Randall. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone would rather be Randall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I think everybody who's seen this movie would rather be no
0: Randall. No one wants to be the thirty seventh dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Nobody um, wants to be that sick. With, with that,
0: should we like is there any more themes you want to talk about or should no, we just I think, give I our ratings or overall feeling of the movie?
1: Yeah, I think that was I think
0: that was a good spot I to think it'd be and... a good idea to give one emotion that you would use to describe how you felt watching this movie and then a uh, number number
1: rating. okay so for this movie i would say after i finished watching the movie the feeling that i felt was resolve because this movie was very relatable to me on many levels mm-hmm. um agree. so you know at the end of this movie I could kind of accept some of the stuff that I was unable to when I had left, you know, working at that gas station and you know, if you can ever walk home or turn your TV off after watching a movie and feel like you've actually learned something or actually gained like an emotional like feeling or you've gained like a, a new perspective or sense of looking at something from your own life. I mean, incredible. I yeah. loved it. I gave this movie an eight and a half out of 10 and I'm going to pull up the list.
0: Um, yeah. Uh, I've only been to call myself out here. I've only watched the first episode of this podcast. <laughs> so I don't know the ratings rankings right now.
1: I will pull. Let ones. me pull up the list. Oh, I um,
0: got a second screen here. Uh, while that's happening. Yeah uh the, the one word one phrase i would use to describe how this movie made me feel was called out because even though i'm pretty far past my convenience store days now um i think that a lot of the feelings and emotions and in in the, the characters in this movie have about themselves that's something that anybody can have in a job where they've had long enough where they just feel like they're not getting anywhere with it and um it really just made me feel called out, like oh that was me at one point, and like that could still be me if I let myself get into a rut, if I don't you know take pride in like just myself. I don't have to take pride in my job or like you know my girlfriend or anything like that. I just need to have pride in myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like I'm glad that this movie kind of reinforced that for me a little bit because it's easy to lose sight of that. For sure. And I would give this movie uh, 32 out of 37. dicks sucks which rounds out to oh, uh, about an eight and a half as well. <laughs> okay. Let me do the math on <laughs> that. I think that was right. I'm just doing that off the dome. Uh, <laughs> 8.6 <laughs> to be exact. But yeah, eight and a half basically. But uh thought I'd do a little cheated. Oh, okay. So... Oh, we're doing
1: averages up here. Oh, yeah. So, clerks um, is getting added. So we've got my rating, which comes in at a whopping eight and a half, and we've got his uh, slightly that comes in at eight and a half.
0: Yeah, I mean about the same. Okay. My, I would round down for mine actually. I, I did the exact math. <laughs> so eight and a
1: half. Okay. So this one gets a seventeen and is now uh, tied with Air or tied with Gone Girl for number two on our list. Uh, this is no longer Daniel's rating. This is guest's rating. Um. Look at that displacement.
0: Suck um, it, Daniel.
1: Suck a dick. Maybe you should do the podcast if you want it to be you. Um. Hey, man, you gotta finish what you started.
0: Call <laughs> calling him out right here, right yep, now. Do it. He deserves it. Um. It'd be really funny this is my last episode. <laughs> we get in a car wreck on the way home. and it going to get canceled. Like that was, was last we saw Trevor. Yeah, I,
1: I, I, I can't even release this. We're not friends anymore. Um,
0: <laughs> I found out I shot a cat. <laughs> I was like What the hell, man? Yeah, the fuck? What's going on? Realize, realize, realize. <laughs> <laughs> well, I already, you should watch Karate Kid, Jaden Smith, next time. I haven't seen that. I just so know it's probably terrible. I, no,
1: I have. I
0: Oh, I feel bad for you. It's not great. It's not.
1: I mean, it's not great. Have you seen the original Karate Kid? I have. I have seen that. I've seen Karate Kid, Karate Kid 2, and the new Karate Kid. And I'm pretty uh, sure there's Karate Kid 3, but I don't know. Have you seen Cobra Kai? No, that's a the show. show. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't like it. <laughs> I, don't like, I don't like Karate Kid. I think Kid. Karate's kind of lame. Karate's pretty you lame. You know what's fucking cool? What? Krav Maga. Fucking Muay Thai. Yeah, Muay Thai. Like in mm-hmm. kickboxing, sumo wrestling, yeah, yeah. Oh. WWE is cool. Right? <laughs> exactly, WWE is cooler. I don't. I jujitsu is beautiful if you know what you're watching. Uh,
0: capoeira, yeah,
1: capoeira is really nice. <laughs>
0: uh, but there's no way you're chopping through blocks, buddy.
1: Yeah, that's just bullshit. Alrighty, that's enough for that. Finding new films, we found clerics. We'll see you guys next week. Ne- chair next week. We will have Preston, who I have known since I was nine years old. Um, I've known this guy since I was 14, so I'm 22 now. Um Far man. Yeah, we're Far old. Yeah, sorry. But Preston will be here. We'll be watching Mulholland Drive by David Lynch. Um, very excited about that. I will probably get murdered by a son of Alice for saying this, but I've never seen a David Lynch movie. Um, Can't say that I have. Yeah. Um, Alrighty. That's it. Goodbye, everyone.
0: See you next week. Don't suck any dicks on your way to the parking lot.